Hey everybody, our next episode will play in about 35 seconds, but gotta pay the bills. Listen to this ad coming up. This is how we get paid. It's been a while. It's been some time since I, I did a podcast episode here. And this is my busy season. I think I've mentioned in prior episodes for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a wedding photographer on weekends. So in the off season during the winter and things like that, you know, a lot of times when I'm not working my full-time job for the University of Rochester, um, I'm doing Urban Phoenix stuff. And that's kind of my, my, my winter, I wouldn't call it a job because I don't really make any money, but that's, that's kind of what I do uh, during the, the, the winter months. Uh, during this summer, my weekends are spent shooting weddings, editing weddings, meeting with clients, things like that. Um, it's a wonderful gig that I've had, uh, ariandavidphotography.com. Check it out. Sh- shameless plug. Um, it's a wonderful wonderful thing that I've done for um, <clears throat> for about, I don't know, 10, 10 11 years now. And it's been great. Um, actually, more than that, now that I think of it, probably 12 or 13 years. It's weird. But seriously, I've been doing it seriously, very seriously, probably about a decade now. And, uh, you know, it's just my busy season. So I haven't gotten a chance to do this, but today I had a little time uh, here on Labor Day uh, in the morning just to just to kind of re- record a thought of mine. So as I've been shooting these weddings, something kind of interesting, you know, I was thinking about more and more people are doing uh, uh, the barn wedding thing <clears throat> uh, or remote weddings or, you know, weddings on golf courses, right? I mean, I would say... I would say probably about, I don't know, 70%, 60 to 70% of the weddings I'm shooting right now are, you know, outdoors in a tent at a golf course, at a kind of a a golf course in, uh, you know, kind of a suburban area um, or, 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 or a barn, a barn wedding. People love the, the, the barn weddings and they're great. They're fantastic. And here's kind of the observation that I've made with all this is I'm kind of watching people, um, you know, it's a party, it's a celebration. So people are drinking at these, at these events. Right. And we've all seen that. And and in every wedding or almost every wedding, there's a couple people that have probably had more than their share. Right. And, you know, many, many, most people I would say plan for this fact and they, they allow for some, um, they do their best to allow for some bus service or something like that that will take people back to a hotel or or whatever or, or make safe arrangements. But the fact is, the barn weddings in particular, these are often extremely remote and nowhere near a hotel. So guests are forced to drive. And, and guests are forced to drive in most situations anyway. <clears throat> um, this This is... You know, as I kind of watch, as I kind of see these folks, you know, have drink after drink. And like I said, it's a celebration. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what I do when I go to a wedding. Um, you know, luckily, my, my wife isn't, isn't, much of a, isn't much of a drinker. And, uh, and um, so, you know, if I've had four or five beers or something like that, you know, at, at a wedding and a celebration, maybe, maybe four beers and a shot or something like that, you know, there's, there's no way I'm driving home. Um, but uh, but my wife is is kind enough to to be the DD just because it's not really her thing. She'll have one, maybe two, or something like that over the course of the day. And you know, 
that's that's a that's a that's a tough thing. So you know, getting you know out of weddings, getting getting out of kind of that that context, looking at you know your your kind of country bar, right? You have to go you have to go home in your car. Somebody has to drive you home, hopefully. Um, or you're going to be a, a danger on the road, or you're going to, you know, get a DWI, and that's something nobody wants. Drinking in the city, you know, why why have cities turned into that place that you you kind of go and drink? You know, why why do people kind of love that setting so much more? It's because there's so many more options for you in the city. If you've had one too many, and I know this is an odd conversation, but this is just one of those things that people don't think about when they think of the city. It is a much safer place to celebrate. <laughs> it is a much safer place to forgive the general term party, right? If you like to drink, if you like to have a good time, do it in the city. And live near the city so that you have transit options. You have Uber and Lyft within a reasonable distance so it's not going to cost you $40 if you need to Uber home, right? Live at a reasonable distance where maybe you could walk if you needed to. But really, the city... You know, when I talk about things like transit, when I talk about things like walkability and, and living close to a common center, I talk about convenience a lot of the times. I talk about I talk about your mental health when everything is just that much closer and you don't feel so far away from all these other aspects of your life, be it home, work, daycare, grocery store. Um, you know, if you forget something at work and you have to go to a place, you know, to a to an event after work or something like that. It, it's you know if you're 20 miles if your house is 20 miles away and you have to go 20 miles as opposed to five miles like I you know like I do, that's pretty nuts you know that's 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 nuts it's that's gonna wear on you over time, you don't even realize it. You, nobody really realizes if you live that far away from everything how nice it is to live that close to everything. It's pretty awesome. So I usually talk about living centrally as a matter of convenience. Right now. In a roundabout way, I'm I'm talking about living centrally as a as a form of safety, and people think that cities are unsafe places. Well, the fact is, the crime rate crime rate in the U.S. has been going down steadily since 1990, and when I say steadily, I mean consistently steadily. It's it's gone up and down, little little you know variations here and there, just like the stock market. But for the most part, we're as safe a country as we were since the 1970s. In our urban areas, especially, violent crime has gone down so much since 1990. It's incredible. Look up, Google that stat. Uh, talk about violent crime uh, in the U.S. and you're going to see a steep decline since 1990. And there's a lot of theories on that, and I won't go into that today, but that's what it is. But you know, our urban centers are, believe it or not, becoming safer, and have been for some time. I know the news, if you watch the news every night, of course, you're going to hear all the horror stories. And listen, there are some areas that need serious, serious help and attention. And those are issues of poverty, of joblessness, of, of um, you know, inequity and, and, and a host of other, other issues that, that you know, tend to lead to high criminal activity in a certain area, a certain neighborhood. 
But in general, when we talk about safety, we should be talking about cities. 40,000 people die from car crashes every year here in the U.S. But most of those fatalities don't happen in the city. They happen in suburban and outlying areas where speeds are higher. They happen on expressways. They happen on uh, dark, you know, 55-mile-an-hour roads at night. The city, it's well-lit and you're driving 30, 35 miles an hour. No big deal. (laughs) Right? So the streets are safer. They're safer for pedestrians. They're safer for drivers. They're safer for bikers. And they're safer places to, to, frankly, to, to have a couple of drinks. So for me, I live, oh, as the crow flies, maybe two miles from, from downtown Rochester. Maybe less. I don't even know. So I can go to downtown. I can pop around and have a bunch of drinks and have no chance of passing a sobriety test and have a wealth of options that gets, you know, gets me back safely to my home. I can hop in an Uber. I can hop on a bus. I can walk. I can get a hotel downtown if I need to. Now, I don't mean to make this about excessive drinking because, you know, someone can listen to this and say, well, why don't you just not drink so much? Well, you're right. Uh, you know, that's, that's the best option. That's always the best option, right? But sometimes you get caught up. If you enjoy drinking, if you enjoy, you know, a good brewery uh, tour or something like that, sometimes you can have that one more and you say, oh, you know what? You know, I'm not feeling feeling good about this. <laughs> or maybe your friend says, hey, man, maybe you've, maybe you've had one too many. Maybe it's not a good idea to get in a car. You have options here. You have options in a city. You have options that negate that very, very dangerous trip that you can take when you, when you, when you get behind the wheel. The city gives you, living the city, living centrally, gives you more options for what to do if you get in trouble. Let's just take out alcohol to the equation. Let's talk about just general safety. If I, uh, if I am driving a car, like bars aside, if, if I'm somewhere late at night, if I'm shooting a wedding in the city and my car breaks down, <laughs> I have options. I have options that include Uber and Lyft and, you know, a uh, you know, tow truck that can come, you know, relatively quickly. I have garages right nearby. I have everything I need right there. If I'm a woman, if I'm in the city and a car breaks down, we, we know that women have to deal with certain societal issues that, are, that, that the men don't, unfortunately. There's just a lot more available right there to get you to a safe place where you're not sitting outside your car in the middle of the night, in the dark. When you think about the options that living in a city or or staying in a city or being in a city give you when things don't go right... When things go wrong, when you have one too many, when you're 
car breaks down, when your ride decides to leave with somebody else. Well, the city gives you options. The city gives you a lot more flexibility for how to get home safely, how to get to where you need to safely. I know this sounds like a really, really disjointed conversation, but my hope is that one of these things catches you, the listener, some way it makes you think about how our cities actually make us safer. Because all I hear about is how cities are so unsafe. Oh, you're going to get shot. Oh, you're going to get killed. You're going to get stabbed. You're going to get mugged. You know, yes, there are elements of that in our cities. But think of the safety net that a city provides that you don't have in our suburban communities and out in the country. And I'm not knocking either of those things. I'm just saying these are the pluses of living in the city that maybe most people don't appreciate. Thanks so much for listening. I know it's an odd topic, but hopefully it sparked some thoughts uh, in, uh, in all of you. Thanks for listening. As always, everybody, take care and have a great Labor Day. Bye now.